Ramon Ray, your host, and thank you for listening to SCORE Small Business Success Podcast. Today I have an amazing entrepreneur with us today, and we're going to learn all about her business, how she's grown it, and I think some tips and insight she's going to share with us. Maria, welcome to the SCORE Small Business Success Podcast. Oh, thank you, Ramon. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. So tell us a bit about yourself, Maria. You're an entrepreneur, a small business owner, and then tell us a bit about Specs for Us, where people can find out about it. Specs, the number four, Specs for Us. Yes, thank you. I'm a single mom of four children. My youngest daughter has Down syndrome. Uh, I have a background in optical, worked in all phases of the optical industry, from working in setting up superstores to working in the private practice and doing vision therapy, lab work, different ideas like that. So when my daughter was about the age of two and needed glasses, I thought I could find the perfect pair for her. Of course. Um, But that wasn't quite the case. Typical glasses, because of the special facial features of individuals with Down syndrome, which include like low bridges, small inset eyes, smaller set ears, wider temples, a typical frame design that has like a high bridge placement on it seems to drop on their faces and not fit properly. So they, they don't like to wear them. I was looking at the frame itself and thought, well, if we just move these certain parts around, the frame would mm. sit up on my daughter's face, and she could be actually looking through the optical center of the glasses. And with comfort and ease and a proper fit, they, they enjoy wearing them more. Awesome. And that's important. I mean, I think it's interesting you said that. We forget. I remember, Maria, when I first got my glasses, it was the most horrific, miserable day of my entire life. That's a slight exaggeration because I've gone through other things beyond when I was a child. But I cried and cried and cried and thought I was a nerd and all kind of things. I don't know if you've gone through that with the children you've helped over the years, but is that a common problem with all children? They just hate that first pair of glasses in some cases? It can take some adjustment to get used to them, and but especially if they're not fitting right. A lot of the glasses that they tend to try on the kids with Down syndrome, I think have more of a therapeutic look. Right. I think glasses should look like an accessory and not a necessity. That is so true. Very smart. And then tell us a little bit about how you started it out, Maria. Meaning, you know, as small business owners, I think sometimes it's hard to get our website up, get inventory, manufacturing. It needs funding. And there's so many things we could talk about. But can you give us an overview of just, you know, from day one, you realize, huh, I can make some adjustments. How did you turn this from a need just for one child as your daughter to an industry, to being a company. How did that transition happen? Oh, and I ran into all the problems you mentioned, believe me. I started with just a drawing. I mm-hmm. drew out my frame. Like I said, with my extensive background in optical, I had done everything but get a frame made. Right. Luckily, I mean, this was back in, oh, wow, 2004. I incorporated the idea, made a generic web page up, but I didn't know how to proceed to get this frame made itself. Right. So I actually reached out to some individuals that I knew in the optical industry that they would maybe present it to their the companies they worked with. Mm-hmm. And I kept getting that there wasn't enough of a need for this frame. Right. But I knew, you know, 87% of the individuals with Down syndrome wear glasses by preschool. And there's, you know, well over half a million people in the United States with Down syndrome alone. And that's just the United States, not even the world. That right. there, there was a need for that frame. I finally did find a manufacturer that made me a demo frame nice. sample. And when I got that frame and showed it on my daughter, it, it was an immediate difference. I could tell this is, I'm onto something, this is going to work, and this is what they need. But then, like you mentioned, where was I going to get the funding for this? I was putting mm-hmm. kids through college no and school, and, and it, I just kept kind of looking for other places, you know, uh, ways to get the frame made, because this particular place did the demo, but then they were not willing to take on it anymore of responsibility of manufacturing it. Kind of went on a back burner for a little bit. My daughter took real ill 
and I had to take a week off work to go stay with her at the hospital. And my employer at that point said, well, if you need to be there, I can't use you here. And I kind of lost my job. This sounds like a typical entrepreneur journey so far. I mean, I've gone through that as well, losing a job. I used to work at the United Nations for many years until I was fired for being an entrepreneur. So, <laughs> and you created yep. it because of the need you had, not just because you wanted to do it with some things are created, but you had a need. So you were like, how can I provide this to others? So please continue. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, so um, like I said, we kind of went on the back burner. As Aaron got healthier, I went to two job interviews and was actually pulled out of two of them because I needed to pick her up from school because she was sick. Mm. So a good friend of mine said, you've got to, Aaron's not going to let you work outside the home. You've got to right. get this frame thing going. And in the meantime, because of my website, I was getting a lot of hits on it. The people were very interested in it, but because it was kind of sitting, they thought, well, this, maybe this is never going to come about. And I was right. like, no, 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 I'm going to, I'm going to help you somehow along with my daughter. Maria, were they getting to the website from SEO and, and, and just other people sharing it? Was that kind of how it was happening? You know, 2014, there was, I don't think, any Snapchat or fancy tools. It was, it's still relatively new, but, you know, social media has blown up more in recent days than it has been in 2004, as I recall. Yes, it, that was more of a, a real experience. And I was getting learning the computer, too. I mean, I was an right. older individual. I wasn't learning it through school. I was teaching myself, and that was kind of the process getting that, that word out too. So I would go to a lot of different Down syndrome groups and send them information nice. um, about what I wanted to do. I finally, I would fax out my drawings to different companies. They'd fax them back, redesigned like a typical frame. <laughs> um, you can go out and buy frames all over the place, but I wanted my design made. Yes, yes. So I finally had somebody that I faxed it. They faxed it back to me, redesigned, and I faxed it back to them again saying, this isn't what I sent you. Please look at my drawings. And mm. the next day, they happened to call me up, and they said they, could, they get what I'm doing, and they'll help me out however they can. So nice. I took a small loan from my friend, and okay. I ordered several pairs of glasses. They sent me probably about six to ten pairs in the beginning samples. Right. And I reached out to some of the names that I had had in the past and offered to send them the frames for free if they would try them on and get me their response. And, and, and just to clarify, was, who are you sending so we can all learn from this? Because I think your model is interesting. Were you sending the frames at this time to the end user customer or were you sending yeah. these to other, uh, is it kind of ophthalmologists, I guess, or optricians? No, I was, yeah, I was actually sending them to parents that had reached out okay. to me. Go ahead. Uh-huh. And most of them were in the preschool. And, Got it. And, long school age. I had just started with a couple, two sizes that I knew would fit preschool to about first graders. Right. Okay. And uh, two of more individuals actually in Canada. Okay. So I was going all over and everybody loved them and wanted, you know, so I knew I was onto something. So right. I ordered in those sizes. I ordered three designs in my first shipment of frames were in, uh, in those smaller sizes and they were lost in a warehouse for three weeks in LA because oh. I actually, my manufacturer is in South Korea, but right. he is actually in the States a lot and has family here. So it was really easy to work with them and he understood what was going on here. Very nice. And so you gave the samples you had. So I like this, uh, Maria, because what I'm learning from you is that you did a proof of concept. As people say, Seth Godin says in his book, what to do when it's your turn and others, just ship, get a working demo. So you got the demo, you had now customer validation. How do we move forward to today where you have what I suppose is a thriving company and you're, and you're selling eyewear uh, for, for people who would maybe difficult to fit frames? How does that happen? How did that jump to today? Well, the very first, when the frames, the frames arrived on my daughter's ninth birthday. 
which nice. is okay. another kind of like a blessing. And I had signed up to go to my very first Down Syndrome conference. And they do, the National Down Syndrome Congress does a conference yearly all around the United States. They move around each year. This one was going to be in Boston. So my son and I packed up the frames we had and went to this conference. And we ended up selling 28 frames there. Wow. Pretty good for us. But what's more important is we came back with seven page, both sides, listed of individuals that wanted the bigger sizes and more range once we got them in. Wow. So we had a, re- a reason to produce more in, in more sizing. Right. Wow, that's um, amazing. And we just expanded from there. I started then reaching out to the, the, um, the eye care professionals around, telling them what we had, showing them the frames. But marketing is, a, is another, you know, harder end to deal with because we did a lot of it through the Internet, which is great. We would just Google opticians in different big cities to start with and send them postcard information or um, a catalog of what we've come up with Got it. to, to drive the interest that way. Love it. But I, but I love, I mean, I think those who are starting off, Maria, I think, and tell me if you agree with me, that I think that real gem of this is you just have to get a demo, a working version of whatever you're doing out. Many times small business owners stop because they don't at least launch and test small. Does that make sense? Am I, am I hearing your oh. story and, and extrapolating correctly? Exactly, because I wanted to know if there was other changes I needed to make to the frame that I saw needed. And, right. and you know, I, I found that I was like point on with my design and that there was no complaints at all except for more variety and more sizes. Nice, nice. And so you talked about some of the challenges. What are some of the successes? Can you look back and say, Ramon, wow, this is the day or the second day that really I had a big success here. And then I definitely want to talk about scores involvement. But any, anything that's a highlight of the day or any particular example that was a down day for you uh, that you can share with us? But mostly, they were mostly up days, I would have to say. And uh, I think one of the biggest was when I was getting reached out from individuals in Germany and the UK that wanted to help distribute the frames there. Nice. You know, nice. that I was, you know, I knew it wasn't just a United States and that they wanted to help me, you know, and, and be a distributor for the frame line in, in the other cities or countries. And right now we, we've shipped to 28 countries. Congratulations. And how, Maria, did you make this shift from shipping or testing with individuals? And I think, as I understand it now, your model is to work directly with eyewear offices or doctor's offices, as it were. How did you make that shift and jump? Was that a pivot for you? Or you knew all along that was pretty much the way to go to sell to the eye doctors and have them carry a line of, of specialty glasses, as it were, if that's the right term? In my past experience in working with it, in optical has changed so much through the years. You know, it was all your private practice that you only went to, and then the retail offices came about, and the, the, the one-hour clinics, and I knew that the doctors wanted to keep it professional, wanted to keep it up and up, so I really right. didn't want to sell directly to parents, although that, that at first I did have it online where we could do that, and I would actually ship parents three or four frames that they could take to their opticians try on and make sure the optical optician had agreed with the correct sizing and then they would ship back the frames to us and I made it all postage paid. But I wanted to, within about a year and a half, we dropped the online site because I wanted to keep it professional where they would go to their opticians and get a good professional fit and, and let them know that we're, we want to keep it strictly professional. We want to help the opticians get their business and make sure the fittings are all correct. Got it. Makes sense. And then let's talk about SCORE. I know for me, Jamie, SCORE has been a very, very big help for my own business. And again, ladies and gentlemen, I have the privilege of talking to Maria. Maria, your last name is Delapina. Is that correct? Or am I pronouncing that wrong? Delapina. 
Yep, I got it. <laughs> Great. Maria Delapina of Specs for Us, specsforus.com, which has amazing eyewear for uh, all sorts of people who may find it difficult to wear, as it were, traditional glasses. But Maria, help us understand the power of SCORE. As I was saying, I know for me, uh, SCORE is that kind of free government service that really helps hundreds of thousands or more small business owners every year. You can go in there and talk to counselors that are seasoned, mature professionals who've, quote unquote, been there, done that. What does their help and their impact been for your business? I was um, first introduced to SCORE probably a little bit over a year ago from a friend of mine that was helping me with consulting that had worked with them before. And first of all, who wants to pass up free advice and free help? Especially when it's quality. <laughs> yeah. And, and you, you think your company's running good and you're doing all you can, but, you know, as a, as a good entrepreneur, you want to sit back and have somebody look out from outside the box, look in and make sure everything is in line that what you're doing and that in other ways that you can improve. And they helped me making sure that we have the, the P&L and that the things are set up right price point wise and, and helping me, me with shipping ideas and other manufacturing ideas. And it's, it's good to get a second opinion whenever you can. Your ideas can be good, but they can help groom them and make them even better ideas. No, you're so true. And I mean, I know I've benefited just from going in there, Maria, and that, you know, you go there and say, I'm a retailer in fashion. And there's several counselors who are in that profession. Or you say, hey, I want to start a clothing line, you know, for babies. There's invariably some counselors there who will help do that. So I find that just across industries, that's one of the biggest benefit. And it's, it's very altruistic. These are people here not trying to seek a dollar, trying to seek a payback, except to have your business succeed. Have you found that in the case of your experience as well? Yeah, I do. And, and if you think about, I mean, the basis of running a small business is pretty much all of the same in, in the certain areas that you need to grow and, and attend to. And even though those particular people might not be doing the same thing that you're doing, the basis of running the company can be pretty much all the same. And so their insights can be real inspiring. And, and you can, you know, I found myself, they were inspired by some of the things we were doing, and we kind of taught each other different areas, too. No, absolutely, for sure. Uh, anything I didn't ask you today, Maria, as we uh, kind of wrap up our discussion? And once again, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Ramon Ray, editor of Smart Hustle Magazine and host of the SCORE podcast, Small Business Success Podcast. Thank you all for listening. But Maria, anything I didn't ask you today or you wanted to touch on uh, before we well, end our day? I guess one of the few things is, I, you know, I got a, a few Atta Girls this year that I'd like to mention. Um, one of them was we were named, I was named Toyota's Mother of the Year for Invention. Um, wow. through uh, Toyota and Women in the World. And uh, along with that came a great honor from SCORE itself that we were named Best Company in Innovation this year. That is a big deal. I mean, I think what's interesting, Maria, about awards is that it shows validation. It's not just me and or your mother or, you know, some of the people in your lives that care most. But I think when the market and third parties validate us, so congratulations. Toyota, that's a big deal. SCORE, that's a big deal. And I'm sure you've won many other recognitions and many more to come for sure. So oh, thank you. Great. I always say that, you know, when you're, you're a solo entrepreneur and you're running your own business and especially a single mom and you're always, you know, praising your kids, but you don't get those pats on the back. So those were like really big girls for me this year. 
Congratulations. And I think what I learned today, Maria, is that really just in summary of our conversation, and feel free to comment, is that I think, one, it's important to launch. You know, you didn't wait. You did, how can I get one product made and show others? Two, you had some customers. You didn't try to get 5,000 or 500. Let me just see if six people will, will wear this or that. And I think that showed validation. Then it was interesting how you went a bit bigger. Let me go to a conference. And I sold, you know, 20-something pair of glasses. And then from there, as you said, it grew. So I think for me, that's interesting. And I think the fourth thing, even though people said no to you, you went forward because you knew, yeah, there's a lot of glasses manufacturers, as I understand it, but yours are different. Yours are for a special niche or niche market. So that's kind of what I've learned from our discussion today, Maria. Yeah, plus we were able to get our frame line patented, which when we first went to, to talk to people about that idea, they said, you know, a typical frame is a frame. And it was different enough that that was another good validation for it that, that we were able to attend our own patent on our design. Congratulations. Ladies and gentlemen, again, this has been uh, Maria Delapani with Specs for Us, S-P-E-C-S, the number for us.com. And my name is Ramon Ray, editor of Smart Hustle Magazine and host of the Score Small Business Success Podcast.